Hello, and a welcome to Here's Johnny's Reviews and my St. Patrick's Day special look at 1997 Leprechaun 4 in Space. Oh, God. Uh, why this movie and not part two, as I did part one last St. Barry's Day? Check my archives for that one. Well, simple. I don't own that movie, and I don't think I've ever seen it. Plus, this movie is 20 years old, so I'm doing this one instead. Also, I wanted a comedy, and I wanted to like things a little bit. With the Resident Evil franchise and Underworld franchise, which I did last month and the month prior, being very dull and boring and serious, I wanted to lighten things up with this one, so I've done a comedy. One thing I got to know is horror franchises. Why the hell do they all end up in space? Hellraiser, a movie series I will be doing in October, Friday the 13th, and Critters. Well, technically, back into space, but you get my, my gist, just rather. And now this one. Made on a ridiculously low budget of $1.6 million and taking the piss out of everything from Aliens to Doctor Who with a drag queen marine, here it is, Leprechaun 4 in Space. So with that is on with the show, starring Warwick Davis, Jessica Collins, Rebecca Carlton, Brent Jasmer and Guy Sinner. As the plot, a group of space marines take on a leprechaun after they kill him and kidnap his gold-digging bride-to-be, can these marines kill the little green bastard, as he's called in the movie? Or are they doomed as their luck has just ran out? Before I dive into this movie, I want to say I love bad movies that know they're bad and just run with it. Anywho, the movie opens up with some bad CGI meteors flying around space, and to some really bad CGI spaceship on which we meet the space marines clearly ripping off aliens. However, I will ask that Jason X rip these marines off also because they're probably just the same bloody marines almost. You know, gun ho and thick as shit. These marines are led by Books, played by Brent Jasmer, the poor man's sliced alone. As the camera pans, we meet Mooch, played by Rick Peters, who is called so because I'm guessing because he keeps on mooching stuff off people. As he asks Lucky, played by Lad York, for a cigarette, and then sticks played by Miguel A. Nunzes, I think that's pronounced that, um, for a match, etc, etc, you get my lady point, he's a mooching son of a bitch. Almost forgot the token bad girl, or rather hard girl, um, this movie's Vasquez, that is Dolores, played by a Debbie Dunning. Anywho, in walks Sergeant Metalhead, they just go with it, called so because half his head is metal, as you do, played by Tim Call Siri, I think that's how you pronounce that, playing the typical no nonsense, hard as nails, grizzled, grizzled even, Sergeant C. Full Metal Jacket. So after barking out orders uh, that this is yet another bug hunt, in walks Dr. Tina Reeves, played by Jessica Collins. I'm guessing she is this movie's Ripley, so why run for it, I suppose. Anyway, does she star in Baywatch by any chance? Because she looks a lot like a bloody Baywatch babe from the late 90s. However, Sergeant Hooker, aka Metalhead, doesn't want her on his squad. So they video call a Dr. Mittenhand, played by Guy Sinner, of British TV soap Lolo, using a hilariously bad German accent to tell him Dr. Reeves is his right-hand woman and must be protected at all costs, and I won't do the ridiculous German accent. So down they go to the planet, in their terrible CGI dropship. Aliens this ain't. Uh, Books helps Dr. Reeves into what they call combat wear, which is basically a tight t-shirt and looks like a life vest painted 
Brown. After copying a feel and poof, instant chemistry, Brooks and Reeves are now in love. Oh dear God. He takes his seat. Meanwhile, on the planet, we see a woman chained up and she is called Princess Zarina, played by Rebecca Carlton. Oh, Baywatch fame, so you get where this one's going, don't you? Uh, she wears a Princess Leia style slave bikini. In walks Leprechaun, played again by Warwick Davis, as he tries to woo the princess with a romantic meal. However, she has none of it, so he shows her his jewels. Gold and rubies and diamonds and such, you dirty bastard. And just like that, she wants him. A typical gold-digging bullshit. Ah, I almost forgot the Leprechaun's plan. Is to marry the princess to become a king, and then have people grovel at his feet, because he's fed up being treated like a poor, lonely dog. The Marines land on the soundstage with paper mache boulders, oh sorry that's a planet, and not a green screen background with thunderstorms of purple lightning. Ugh. They track down a leprechaun in caves that look like they're made out of bloody play-doh and have a huge firefight. After one of the Marines steals the leprechaun's jewels, I believe it's lucky. The leprechaun sneaks up behind him and cuts him to size using a lightsaber, a green one at that. I wonder if this was sanctioned by... Lucas Arts. Anyway, uh, uh, the firefight continues using late 90s guns, but no lasers, really. This is supposed to be bloody 2100 something. After a marine throws a grenade to the leprechaun, the gold digging idiot princess walks into the line of fire and a grenade, so the leprechaun dies on it and blows himself up, saving his bride to be. Dr. Reeves takes the princess on board to reattach her hand as it was blown off an explosion as the other marines clean up the leprechaun's jewels and one idiot pisses on the dead body during which the leprechaun's soul flies at the piss stream and into his body and I believe he is called Kowalski played by Jeff Mead because yet again these characters are hardly bloody named anyway moving on Back to the ship they go, and here we meet Dr. Mittenhand's creepy-ass assistant, Harold, played by Gary Grossman, as he plays with spiders and scorpions, as you do. Dr. Reeves points out the princess is a do Dominion, and if they save her, they'll have better relations with the Dominions. One thing, why is the princess wrapped in bubble wrap? Are they going to literally ship her back to her home planet? So Harold then shows Sergeant Metalhead the shimp's shrink ray because the future, duh, as he shrinks down a huge chunk of gold down to the size of a sugar cube and then back to its normal size. Uh, moving on, what else would a futuristic space station have but a disco complete with disco ball because Red Dwarf, that's why. And if you get what Red Dwarf is, it's a British TV show from the 80s. Doris and Goose sneak off um, to have sex, and Goose is that other guy uh, that pissed on Leprechaun earlier, that's his nickname is Goose apparently, even though his name's something else. However, before she can quote-unquote shake hands off the big guy, the Leprechaun bursts out of his trousers, chestbuster style, in another nod to aliens, and kill him. So she grabs his gun, and the Leprechaun does a bad John Wayne impression, and then shoots at her. See, this is why I love these movies. Because of the bad puns, the one-liners, the jokes, and the blatant movie rip-offs. At the bar, uh, Books tries in vain to hit on Dr. Reyes because she thinks he's a dribbling idiot. In the bills of the ship, Dolores fights off the Leprechaun and then runs back to the ship, Disco, to warn the others. Meanwhile, in the lab, Harold creepily fills up the sleeping princess 
as her hand magically grows back. As Dr. Mittenhand spies on from his TV screen, Erin calls Harold a very, very naughty boy. After catching him filming up the princess because he knows what he was going to do with that hand. Hmm? I was not going to do that German accent, but moving on. Fucking terrible German accent. Dr. Mittenhand tells Harold to tell no one of the princess's regenerative properties as he has plans to make him better. Back with the marines as they hunt down the leprechaun to the ship's waste disposal, which somehow has flesh-eating bacteria in it for some bloody reason, so Sergeant Metalhead sends in Mooch and Books to check it out. In full hazmat suits, but of course. And when I say hazmat suits, it looks more like bloody beekeeper suits, bloody dyed brown. So Dr. Reeves sends in the marines, and wouldn't you know it, the leprechaun is in there with his own little hazmat suit, but why? He is a bloody immortal. Anyway, in the waste disposal, waste disposal even, that looks like Pinhead's toilet, Lapicon stalks and then kills Mooch by cutting his suit open with his shillelagh with a knife attached to it for some reason. Sergeant Metalhead and his men march into Dr. Mittenhand's office to tell the doctor just to hand over the princess, then no one else will get hurt. However, Mittenhand refuses and states no one will leave the ship. So out he comes from behind his office wall in all his Davros glory. As we find out, he is nothing but a half torso, an arm, and sitting, well head also, and sitting in a Dalek shaped wheelchair with plastic holding his insides in. I just love how Guy Sinner just chews the scenery and his hammy is all hell and is loving his role. The Marines split up to track down the Leprechaun with Sticks and Danny Boy, played by Mike Canzino, I think that's how pronounce his name, taking the bills of a ship, Sergeant and Dolores taking upper levels, and Books and Dr. Reeves taking the ship's engines. As Lepicon stalks Sticks and Danny Boy, he comes to the realisation that he would have to share his wealth with the princess, so he says he'll wet her, bet her, and dead her all on the same day. In the lab, Harold and Mittenhand run an experiment on skin cells from Mittenhand's finger using some of the princess's blood which instantly grows a finger. In the engine room, Brooks and Dr. Reeves track down a leprechaun. Unfortunately, the leprechaun handcuffs Brooks magically to a metal staircase with the leprechaun fire firing fireballs at them or throwing fireballs at them even. Brooks shoots off the handcuffs only blood locked in the first place and runs away with Dr. Reeves using a winch to escape. It's here Books and Reeves fall in love and share a kiss. Sergeant and Dolores show up, but not Danny Boy and Sticks, because in the bowels of the ship, Sticks and Danny Boy are found by the leprechaun. So Danny Boy runs away like a coward he is and locks Sticks in the hallway. The leprechaun messes with Danny Boy using the old Nightmare Elm Street trick of cutting off fingers only for him to grow back instantly. So Danny Boy tries to bargain with the leprechaun to let him live, however, the leprechaun tricks him and squishes him under a huge metal box after singing, Oh Danny boy, the pipes are piping, Danny boy. In the lab, Harold is draining the princess of her blue blood. Get it? She's a royal, therefore she has blue blood. Ugh. As in Piddle's mitten hand, saying he has the formula to rebuild his body and to rejoin the human race and once again become very dashing and beautiful. Back with the marines. On the same set of a hallway, then a catwalk. Okay, I get it, you had a real low budget, but come on, two bloody sets. Ugh. Dolores is locked on the catwalk with the leprechaun, so she shoots him to pieces 
However, he regrows and throws her off the catwalk to her death, just as the others get the door opened, going down to the basement to find out Dolores' body and dying in her arms. Tina finally takes up weapons to hunt down the leprechaun, a very Ripley-like. Back in a lab, Harold has mixed the formula and is just about to inject a mitten hand with it when the leprechaun rings the doorbell and I shit you not, they actually have a doorbell sound because why wouldn't it have a doorbell sound? <laughs> Tricking the pervy Harold into opening the door by morphing himself into a nude Dr. Reeves. Leprechaun smacks Harold in the balls with his shillelagh and then faces off mitten hands and barbed comments about how he's such a little troublesome being and how his height delights him because he's so delightful. Middenhand tries to bargain with the leprechaun as Harold sneaks up behind him with the shillelagh and knife combo and runs him through with it, but it doesn't kill him. However, he uses a metal tree to literally pizza face the pervy Harold and it kills him in some hilarious effects. The leprechaun then wakes up the princess with a kiss who gets him to kill Middenhand who has a ball gag in his mouth because as you do. Leprechaun uses the princess's blood, mixes it with the spider and scorpion, and then injects mitten hand with it. Just then, the marines show up and have yet another firefight with the leprechaun. Don't they know by now bullets have no effect on him? He's bloody immortal and just regrow his limbs and such back. The leprechaun and princess run off, so the marines follow and find out the princess is a complete and utter bitch. Also, the leprechaun has metal head strapped to TNT, Warner Brother style, as it's a vest with tons of TNT lying around his face, and holds him hostage. So for no reason, the princess flashes her tits to the men, saying they will feel nothing but pain. But why are they flashing her boobs? It's down to Tina to explain if a royal dominion shows her boobs. Is a death sentence? What now? Ugh, moving on. They re-enter the lab, finding Mitten Hand's wheelchair empty, with purple smoke pouring out of it for some reason. They follow the Epicon Princess and Sarge into the disco, and I almost fell out of my seat laughing at this the first time I saw it. Because the Epicon has turned the Sarge into a drag queen marine. He looks like Buffalo Bill from Silence of Lambs, a movie series I'm doing in September. As he sings, well, lip syncs them a song and fills up Brooks, kissing him and then pulls up nunchucks because drag queens, and smacks him about the face with them. Back in the lab, Mittenhand awakes to find himself looking like a reject from the Fly franchise. Check out my archives as I done him last summer, with him being part fly, part human, and part robot for some reason. Tina kicks Metalhead's ass and knocks him out, as Mittenhand is now Mitten Spider. Programs the ships the ship to self-destruct. Mittenhead comes to and magically a World War One gun with the bayonet pops up, so the Sarge slashes at the Marines until Tina uses electrical power points to shock him and kill him. And it's here we find out that Metalhead is actually an android or cyborg as he's part robot with the hell it is. In the meantime, the Leprechaun and Princess track down the Leprechaun's gold after setting a few traps for the Marines which go bloody well nowhere. Down in the cargo bay, Leprechaun puts a force field around the escape ship and then hunts for his gold. What's left of the marines split up again, with Books and Tina facing off against the Leprechaun and sticks going to shut down the self-destruct. The princess and Leprechaun have a tiff, so he makes her butt ugly. In the air ducts, Books and Tina crawl around as sticks goes into Mitten Spider's lair, only to be caught in his web. Books and Tina 
find our way into Cargo Bay 1, finding the escape shuttle with a force around it, so they have to face off with the Leprechaun. Anyway, the Leprechaun finds his gold shrunken and knocks out the gold digging princess with his shillelagh. So, uses the shrink ray to get his gold back to full size. With sticks stuck in Mitten Spider's web, Tina crawling around the air ducts, it's down to a now shirtless for some reason because one bullet destroys the combat wear to take down the Leprechaun. However, not before Tina sneaks up behind the Leprechaun and accidentally makes him huge, using the shrink ray in some truly terrible effects. I swear it looks like they have stretched the film to make the Leprechaun grow. The Leprechaun is now big, and yes, they go for the juvenile penis joke. So leaving books to deal with the huge Leprechaun, which looks a bloody moron, Tina crawls through the air ducts into Mitten Spider's lair, as books plays hide-and-seek with the giant leprechaun. In the air ducts, the mitten spider strips Tina of her trousers, or pants, so she's now running around in a one-piece bathing suit. Are you sure she's not for bloody Baywatch? Jesus, jinkies. Tina makes it through the mitten spider's lair and has to fend off the giant man-spider robot thing. Got to say, for such a small budget, this creature is actually pretty good. Luckily, there's a batch of liquid oxygen but of course there is, which Tina uses to freeze the man-spider, and then, with the help me, she shoots into pieces, Terminator 2 style. The princess comes to and hits on Books, who carries her royal ass to the airlock as Tina sucks the leprechaun into space as he explodes in the same explosion as the mitten spider, the cheap bastards. Tina struggles to find the computer's passwords until Books runs in, and just like that, she puts in Wizard. What a fucking terrible password. The ship's self-destruct stops. Tina and Books kiss as the Leprechaun pieces give the finger or bird to the camera and credits roll. So that was Leprechaun 4 in space. A silly B-movie that knows it's a bad B-movie and runs with it. The jokes are terrible. The puns are awful. However, Warwick Davis shines in this movie. And... If you want a good laugh, stick this in, turn off your brain, and forget there's only three or four sets. Mindless fun. A ridiculous seven out of ten. Come back next week for my look at Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome, and then Mad Max Fury Road. In April, I'm doing arachnid movies such as Spiders and Eight-Legged Freaks. May is Star Wars Month, June is Lost Boys, and July is American Pie. Don't forget to leave a like and follow me on SoundCloud if you want to. Also follow me on Twitter at Here's Johnny's Pod or email me Here's Johnny's Reviews at gmail.com what you thought of my podcast. Check out my other franchise podcasts such as Psycho, The Omen, The Fly, James Bond, Resident Evil and Underworlds. Also my solo podcasts of Alien, Labyrinth, Donnie Darko, Leprechaun 1, Halloween and dozens more. A bye.